All right, welcome everybody to episode 131 of the MX Vice Show. We have an action-packed show ready for you today. As I'm firstly joined by MX Vice's Ben Rumbold. How are you, mate? Yeah, great. Yeah, thanks for having me on board, Ed. And yeah, excited to talk to our guest about uh, this exciting thing that's coming to our shores here in the UK. So yeah, really pleasant to be here. Absolutely, mate. And before we bring in Adam Bailey, our CEO of SX Global, to talk about all things WSX, we'd firstly like to thank our sponsors in Parts Europe. Parts Europe distributes spare parts, accessories, and rider equipment for all motorbike segments in Europe. We support the sport. Tagline is fortified through the Thor and Moose house brands and their support of World Elite MX riders like Blandron, Prado, Langenfelder, Guadagnini, Jonas, Bogers, and nine times world champion Thor ambassador Tony Cairoli. Your parts dealer has access to all the big brands for your motocross and enduro bike. Necken, Pro Circuit, FMF, ODI, Cycra, Renthal, Recluse, and many, many more are in stock and ready to be shipped. Check out their website at partseurope.eu or contact your local Parts Europe dealer. All right, welcome, Adam. Thanks for taking the time and for joining us. How's life? Must be getting really excited with round one just around the corner. Just a massive culmination of all your hard work, effort, persistence, and sacrifice, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, thanks, mate. It's great to... Great to chat. No, it's exciting. I think, um, you know, I guess this, like for me, sort of the event time is the fun part. Like it's hectic, but at the same time you spend kind of six months talking about it and it's just, it gets a bit exhausting, you know, like you, what you really want to do and why why we do this is because we love the sport and we love the energy that's at Supercross events and we want to take that around the world, you know, that's in short what it's all about. So, you know, talking about it is one thing, but when you're actually there and you start to see the track go in and, you, you know, the, the bikes first fire up and that's the stuff that excites us and that's why we do it, you know. So it's kind of like you're doing all this hard work, but you really just want to get there and see it all start to come to life. No, oh, mate, it's absolutely awesome. And, you know, we love the framework you guys have created to for riders, for mechanics, for industry, for everything to sort of elevate the sport because that's that's the ultimate goal, isn't it? Uh, to spread the word about Supercross and to bring it to countries that don't get to see it at the highest level, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I think, you know, I come from a, a country like, like you know, both you guys do where, you know, we didn't have World Championship Supercross coming, you know, coming to us and, and we didn't have the best riders in the world you know, with all due respect to our domestic racing, we, ne- we never had the world's best, you know, on our doorstep. And so, you know, therefore, you just want to, I guess, give people that. And I think that that's really what we're the most excited about and why we do it. And I think, you know, we started promoting events, or I first started promoting events in 2015. And the purpose of it was that is to try and bring in at that stage, you know, obviously Chad Reed was still right in his, deep in his career. And we, we had, um, had planned to have James Stewart come, which didn't eventually end up getting hurt. But, um, you know, the whole thing was we we wanted to see them. We wanted to see them race in our backyard and we wanted the opportunity and we wanted to give that to others. And um, that's ultimately what this is about is to is to be able to take it to those people that uh, we know there's millions of fans around the world. Um, we, we've got research to prove it. It's a fact. It's not just like a speculation. There's millions of fans for Supercross all around the world. And, and um, the reality is only sort of one country gets to see the majority of it, you know, um, and, and there is other events that have been successful. Obviously, Paris has done an amazing job and we've had successful events and there has been others in Europe as well. But to try and pull it together around the world as a, as a, a world championship, um, you know, has not been done at the magnitude of what we're what we're trying to do. So that, but that ultimately that's yeah. what it's about. It's just it's taking what we think is the best sport in the world and, and, and showing it to as many people as we possibly can. 
Absolutely. And before I let Ben ask you some questions with obviously the UK round coming up, just what, what a massive coup it is getting Roxon for three years. Um, you're talking about, you know, a figurehead for a sport. There's not really any bigger, is there, mate? So, and it's just the rider roster you've, um, you know, developed and constructed. It's impressive, mate. Obviously, there's so much racing on the world and there's a lot of competition for these signatures, mate. So between you and the teams, um, how exciting is it? Yeah, it's, it's hugely exciting. I think, like, I'm really proud of, of that fact like i you know i know that um you know there's riders that are contracted in the us and, and can't can't race wsx yet and that's fine we we always knew that that was going to be the case um but we do think they'll come eventually and and i think the riders that we have now is is i mean it's it's by far the greatest lineup that uk will have ever seen you know and that's amazing and it's by far the greatest lineup that australia will have ever seen or germany will have ever seen or singapore will have ever seen you know the us is the only country where it isn't the greatest lineup that they've they've ever seen and that you could accept that that point but if for everyone else it, you know by far it will be the most competitive um supercross championship that's ever been in those countries and so um you know we're proud of that we're proud of the, the team's done an, an amazing job because it is difficult and probably learned that the timing of the series is difficult for them because, you know, right off the back of the AMA series, it's hard to get signatures, as you said, and get people prepared in time and get bikes built and all that stuff. So we'll, we'll review that because it has been difficult for them. Um, and uh, But they've done an incredible job. I mean, they're, they're so motivated. They're passionate. Like the reason why they were the right teams for this is because they believe in the vision as much as what we do. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of that fact and what they've been able to achieve. Yeah, I mean, uh, you mentioned there about the teams. I mean, obviously, you've got the likes of Rick Ware, who spoke out at the press conference there in Cardiff about how how excited he is to be a part of it. And uh, it's great that we've spoken to Shane McElrath on our shows here, and he's really excited to run the number one plate. So that's fantastic. Nice bit of uh, setup from that side. So for those in the UK, like myself, actually, who went to Cardiff and experienced that for the first time, that was obviously your first big event everybody I spoke to was like okay we're learning this we're learning that uh, I dare say I probably wouldn't get on track near near the track as much as I did down in Cardiff so <laughs> apologies for whoever whoever's headache I caused down there at uh, Cardiff but I didn't, yeah, I didn't so, know anything about it so it kind of been that bad no, no, that's, that's <laughs> good, yeah. I didn't think I got in that much trouble but yeah you never know but uh, <laughs> um but yeah so so what are the major lessons that you've learned and how much different would is it going to be at Villa Park in comparison to Cardiff? Would you say? Oh, I mean, geez, less, it, there's so many lessons across every single aspect, like literally every aspect. There's not there's not a part that we just said, well, we you know that was done right, and that's it. <laughs> you know, every single part has been critiqued. Every single part has little rooms for improvement, from from dirt to track to you know seating arrangements to you know, marketing to the content that we produce to, to the television broadcast, you know, it, like literally everything. So I think, um, you know, the purpose of what we did last year was we felt like we had to do something to get it started and to, you know, prove the concept, I guess. And and the proof of the concept was that fans showed up in, in Cardiff and they had a great night that like you can't hide that they had a great night, the passion was on their faces, you know, like the, the, you capture that. And so that, and the atmosphere was electric. And so that's, it was important proof, you know, because if you went to a place and you announced and we went there, 
and it was dead quiet and no one had a good time, you'd be like, well, maybe this isn't going to work, <laughs> you know? So it, it was kind of like a, you know, like it's it's product testing. It's really getting it out there, getting getting their response, learning what did and didn't work. And there was things, you know, with regards to seating packages and all the stuff, like I said, every single thing, there's an aspect that could be improved. But by putting your team to the test, our team, the, the, the racing teams, our broadcast team, everyone to the test and actually, you know, doing it on the ground, it was highly valuable. Um, and so it meant that this year we'll see refinements, you know, across the board in every in every single way. And it, it'll continue to improve, improve. You know, we're only still the first season, you know, like we've only I keep sort of reminding our team that we've only done two races. Like, uh, you know, yeah. in my previous world, you know, doing AusX Open events and things like that, we did two races in one year in 2019. You know what I mean? Like an, over, over a five-year period or whatever it was. So, you know, like... Um, we're, we're very early and so there is you know you, we've got a, a lot of new people and a lot, a lot of people that didn't know supercross that are learning it at, at a rapid rate and others that are highly passionate but have never done you know um, i mean i've never run a world championship before like let's be honest so there's things to to learn um so we're going to continue to learn we're going to continue to improve i've no doubt birmingham's going to be light years improved across the board in lots of ways than what we saw last year but at the same time i'm you know i mean we're just our harshest critics right we'll, we'll leave and be like you know this is what we'll do different next time and we'll improve that for you know singapore and beyond for sure that was definitely one of the things that you know i really liked your refreshing approach about it like you owned the responsibility for any mistakes and you just instantly switch the focus to want to improve things and that was really cool because you see a lot of um promoters of events they sort of shy away and hope it goes under the rug but you guys were just <laughs> openly honest about it yeah we need to fix that and even you know you, you switch stuff from round one to round two and that just shows how all in you guys are and just how you want to make it the best possible so um and i know that you guys obviously look at things like motor gp and f1 and probably mxgp and all these other series just to try and improve your processes and be more efficient mate so it's obviously just a painstaking task but it's something you must relish doing because you know that you can get better there's there's never room to settle is there no there absolutely isn't and i think i mean i think it's it's liberating to just be honest. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I think like you can't insult the intelligence of our fans that, you know, by pretending something is what it isn't, you know, and, uh, and because they, the one thing about this audience, which is the, you know, I mean, I'm one of them, so I get it. It's, it's the best thing. And the worst thing is that they're vocal, they're passionate, they know their shit, you know, and if you, you can't pull the wool over their eyes and you can't be, um, you know, unauthentic. And so we would rather just be coming from this, from a, a view of, we're just like you guys, you know, meaning the fans, and we believe the sport can be a global sport, and so we're going to do everything in our power to make that happen. You know, like shit will go wrong, we'll, shit will break, we'll fix it, we'll learn. You know, we'll make mistakes definitely, but there's just no point sort of acting like you're MotoGP or Formula One in year one because that is just isn't the reality. And even you know, um, Feld Entertainment and AMA Supercross has existed for fifty years. Like these guys are fantastic at what they do. There's no question. You know, um, we're not trying to say anything otherwise that we believe in it and we believe that we can do it around the world and we believe that there's a market for it and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do everything we can to make that work. Yeah, all, all the riders we spoke to seemed to be really excited about it as well. So, yeah, we spoke to the likes of Colt Nichols uh, and to Kevin Morans and and, and uh, obviously Shane himself, as well as the, the British riders there, Max, Max and Dean. Was the, and that's the, yeah, the set. Well, yeah, Max in particular is, is very well hyped up for it. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a fantastic setup to see. And, um, yeah, hopefully he'll, he'll translate that into, into some results. But yeah, I mean, going from, from where you were 
are you keeping the format the same? Because uh, there was one thing about last year that uh, it seemed to be like there's lots of practicing on the on the Saturday. And I think even Tomac said he just did a, little bit, a few too many laps there uh, on the Saturday himself, got a bit carried away. So have you looked at that? Are there going to be many changes to the actual format or are we keeping that, that rapid fire three motor format as you had last year? Uh, we are keeping the same format, but we've adjusted to give a little bit more breathing room between the kind of back-to-back races um, just to allow everyone to reset. For the riders to reset, but but selfishly, the main reason is, is to allow us to do better storytelling and so allow time to tell the fans this is what's going on, this is where we're at, this is where someone, you know, you know, we're making a quite a big effort to explain things better, you know, because it happens so fast that, you know, it's hard to, to, if you don't know what's going on, it's pretty hard to sort of catch on. And just things like the, like I said at the start, there's t- so many areas of improvement, but the big screen graphics that explain where everyone's coming at any point in time and just to be able to, you know, like explain, take the time so that the MCs can say, this is where we're at, this is what's coming up next, this is who needs to place where to get what, you know what I mean, just stuff like that. So over the format, we're not made dramatic changes, but the way it rolls out is will be quite... Um, quite refined you know so i think that's that's really the main thing that we're focusing on and if it, if it doesn't work or we or we want to change it we will like i think that's the thing too we're not going to be just locked into this is what we think it has to be you know if the fan reaction is that it, we should change it or or we should experiment other things we'll continue to do that like i think you know entertainment is the number one priority so you know we'll take that feedback on board and 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 um it'll continue to improve i'm sure yeah, I think it'll be exciting for the fans for sure. And um, I just wanted to ask you about Chad Reed's um, new advisor role. Obviously, he, he, he's got that same ambition to grow it from listening to him speak the other day. And um, yeah, he must have so much knowledge of everything, racing, running a team, being a fan. You know, the lens he sees the sport through is incredible. And being from Australia where it's, you know, it's, it's not really at the American level. He's seen it all. He's raced everywhere. And he's obviously done some co-promoter work. So to have someone like that share your vision and jump on board, be able to sort of work your passion through together in all sort of aspects of it, strategic racing, track design, every, how good is it? Oh, it's, it's huge. You know, I think um, people don't know Chad Reed beyond the fact that he's an incredible athlete and they know, they don't know him as well as what, you know, some, some do in the fact that, um, and you probably, you know, don't realize the magnitude of what he's done off the track because, you know, I mean, it was obviously held together what he did on the track, but if you think about it now, as you get older, like I am, <laughs> you know, you start to think, um, you know, at 18 years old, he left home to travel the world to race MXGPs, no family with him, just his girlfriend, Ellie, at the time, you know, against his father's best wishes, said, I'm going over there, I'm taking her and and, and I'm going to take on the world. I mean, you know, we obviously, everyone's in, super impressed with what the Lawrences are doing, but they're a family unit that's done this together. You know what I mean? Like he, those boys have had the exact same family unit travel with them. They sacrificed everything they went together. Chad packed his bags, left against the wishes of his dad, I'm going to do it. Next thing you know, he's racing, you know, for for wins in the in the World Motocross Championship at, at 18. Next thing you know, he's in the US. He wins six out of seven races in his first season there. Like amazing stuff, right? But then throughout that, he has also played a very active role in his own contracts and his own business of what he's done. So for an, an athlete that, you know, they don't finish school and they become, you know, an athlete and that's it, he's um incredibly street smart. He's he's learned stuff through his experience that you can't you can't learn at school you know like he knows about things because he's he's had to do it he's been forced he's been active in his 
in his own career and he's had great management, but he, he will fight against the management if he doesn't agree with what they're telling him to do. You know what I mean? He's not a passive, he hasn't just been a passive kind of um, person in his own career. He's been very active in what, in what his beliefs are and what he wants to do. So, and he's also a tough, he's as tough off the bike as he is on the bike. And, and I mean that, and then he's a very compassionate and he's a good person, but he's a tough negotiator. He doesn't take bullshit um like i've been on both sides of it with him we've negotiated his fees to come and ride against our events and you're like fuck this guy you know what i mean like he's like um so i know what know what he and he's he can be an absolute pain in the ass if he believes in something and you know and his opinion is strong and he will fight for it like from the track to the format to the pr he has to do or the, this or that um and so, like, I've, no, I've known and experienced that since, you know, sort of 20, I mean, I've known him for, for a lot longer than this, but since we started first talking about our very first event in, we were gonna, we, that we promoted in 2015, the X Open, you know, two years before that actually happened, I was talking to him about that, you know, learning from his experience, he's telling me what he has seen that worked, what we should do, you know, all those things. So um, to have that on your side now is, is a huge asset and they're far bigger than just a, um a you know just an ambassador or someone that signs some autographs and bees on the tv broadcast like that's you know great and fans love him and they'll get the opportunity to see him which is amazing and that's all great and the chad reed the racer is is a is an incredible human and a fantastic ambassador for the sport no doubt but he's an incredibly sharp operator really tough like i said um switched on motivated he believes in this like what we do which is is so important he's not just here to collect a paycheck um that's a that's an absolute fact so um it's hugely positive and uh, you know in the last you know few weeks since we've been sort of officially on board together it's just been awesome because you know that he comes from a place of genuine desire to see it succeed belief in the sport could be global and he thinks about it from himself if i was because he follows MotoGP very closely you know, he knows to look at Jet Lawrence's contract side by side with Mark Marquez's contract, for example. There's no comparison in terms of the level of dollars that, that that Jet's able to earn compared to Mark. And what is the main difference? The main difference is one's a global athlete, one's a, a, a US-based athlete. Right. And so Chad is like thinking he knows what the difference, what difference right. it can make for the future of the sport and those athletes if they get to a global level. Um, and so he has a he has a worldly approach that not everyone does you know so i think it's an incredible it's incredible for not just us i think it's incredible for us as a business but it's incredible for the fans because they get to see him and he's around and he's not disappearing into the into the woods after sort of racing full time and you know um and it's incredible for the the sport and the athletes themselves like people that were once he was once competitive with he's now willing to open up you know, his lessons and help guide these young guys about things that he's learned and, and um, you know, pass that knowledge on. And I, I feel like he's made a kind of a big transition in his life where he's willing and able to do that, where when you're a, as a competitive person as he is, and he's a, a beast of a competitor, you're not willing, <laughs> you're not willing to share that. You know what I mean? Like they're not willing to open up for a while and it takes someone, you know, a certain, I think, you know, being a father, getting a bit older, it takes time to, before you're willing to just be like, this is everything I've learned and be happy to pass it on and take get a kick out of that. And now he's at that stage, which is just a, such a fantastic opportunity that I don't think people sort of realise how good an opportunity that is yet. So it, it's really great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you could see last year that, uh, yeah, that the track design was designed and was, was built to be legit. 
you know, I was very keen to check with the riders. Is this just a glorified arena cross or is it, does it stand up to, you know, AMA standards, if you like? And yeah, all the riders seem to be part of that. And I guess it is Chad working now down even to that level, just making sure that the track is, is there as well as, uh, as the uh, sort of framework around it. Yeah, correct. Absolutely. And that, it's, it's great because like, like he's always been vocal. Like I've said, he, like, like the amount of times he would, he's pulled me aside and said, Hey, you know, we need to talk about something. I'm like, oh, but it would be like, this isn't going to work. And you're just like, all right. And he's right. And you're just like, Damn, you know what I mean? So, but now, you know, it's official. We'll listen to him. He can see, he can give us those opinions. And um, I mean, like I said, you, you can't deny his experience. So, and when he's not racing, then you trust him a little bit more because it's not a, it's not a personal gain. Sometimes he would have said things. I'm like, yeah, are you just saying that? Because obviously, for example, he would always say the whoops should be bigger. And we're like, yeah, I get it. But you're just saying that because you're the best at the whoops and you want to make your own race easier. You know what I mean? And, and, and um, whereas, you know, and, and so I would know which things to take on board and which things would be like, come on, dude, you're just trying to make it better for yourself. Um <laughs> Whereas now that's removed, right? Because he's not a competitor. So when he says things, you know that it's just for the greater good. Um, so yeah, he'll be involved it's, in all things. We will take his opinion on board one hundred percent. Yeah, he's a great it's, asset. It's really yeah. impressive that he's he's talking about the um the MotoGP side of it about how he's comparing Supercross now like, and and making like World Supercross to be like you say the American athletes are in America and you know, to a, to a certain level, they are obviously world, world class and, you know, they can make claim to the, they have the best supercross riders in the world, but across that's a different argument that I've always fought the other side from this side of the Atlantic. But, <laughs> yeah, so to have that, the world supercross championship and, and to have um, an eye on MotoGP is, is as far as I'm concerned, is fantastic news because the Atlantic divide is the biggest problem in our sport in growing our sport globally. That, that to my mind, that's always been the case. So, I know Correct. it's big overall and it's not going to be cracked overnight. I don't know if it is the aim. I mean, like you say, you just want to run a good series right now and build on it from there. But um, that is very exciting to me. So, yeah, if, if, they're take, if they're talk, you're talking about things like that, then, um, yeah, bringing Supercross worldwide is is fantastic. Loving that. Yeah. No, yeah, I appreciate it, I think. And that is that is the goal. I mean, the, the reason why we started doing events in the first place was, Yes, because um, we felt like, why, why can't we have events like this? Or why can't, you know, why do I have to go to the US to be able to to be able to see an event like this? And um, and when you, you know, I mean, as a 16-year-old or a 15-year-old, for me, it was just like, that's all I cared about. It's all I wanted to see, you know, and as a kid or whatever, it was just such a big deal. And I remember, you know, I think I would have been in my sort of early 20s going, the first I went to the US, I think it was X Games actually, but got to see Ricky Carmichael ride. And I, that just was like game changing for me. Like I just was so, I just wanted to see him race. And then, I, you know, you know, I got to see those guys. And But if you live in California particularly, that's nothing. You can drive down to the test track and you watch those guys and be like, this is the home of this sport, you know, and it is great. But that doesn't help these kids around the world that want to see it and don't get the opportunity. Um, and and why shouldn't they have the opportunity? And and then what does that do for the sport if you open these fans in the other regions and therefore the brands that are attached or the broadcast networks or the the ecosystem? If the ecosystem opens up to these other parts in the world, what can that do to the athletes themselves? You know, rather than being paid out of one region and you know, um, Colt Nichols is is a is paid by O'Neill in the US. But imagine he starts driving sales in the UK and in and in in Europe and in Australia, and then all of a sudden his 
manager Jimmy Button is able to go back to those guys and go, hey, you know, we're seeing results coming from all over the world now, you know, um, we think he should be paid like, you, you know, more. And and then rather than just O'Neill having to pay for it out of a US marketing budget, then maybe the other regions will chip in and the distributor in Australia will say, we'll contribute to have Colt Nichols. He's huge. We'll contribute. And, you know, and that's how the earning potential, you know, that's how it starts to increase. And like a, a MotoGP athlete, um, you know, say a Monster Energy athlete in MotoGP, all the markets around the world contribute to pay for that. You know, so if Valentino Rossi, you know, each market around the world out of their marketing fund contributes towards Valentino Rossi's fee, not just Monster Energy in, um, you know, Italy. You know what I mean? It's it's like yeah. the world contributes and that is how the whole thing lifts because the world is using them. The, they've become globally recognised um, and they've become globally paid. And so, um, you know, it's going to take time because you're talking about a shift in the whole ecosystem and the way you know, contracts are done and things are done. But the only way we believe that can happen is by taking taking the guys around the world and actually engaging with the distributors and the brands in each of those regions, you know. Um, so Fox Europe is coming, you know, they'll, they'll come to Birmingham. They're going to bring some guests along. They're going to meet Kenny, you know, stuff like that that they didn't have the opportunity to do before. And then you hope those dealers get excited by that fact and they get excited about Kenny and, and they see value in Kenny. And then, you know what I mean, Kenny's value goes up. You know what I mean? So it's, that's kind of how we see it happening. Um, and to be honest, it's not rocket science. It's not that it hasn't been done before as it has. It's just a matter of just taking that model and kind of shifting that for Supercross. Absolutely, mate. And obviously coming from someone like yourself, you're like you're a fan first and foremost of the sport, like you love it. And you know that seeing these guys in person, you know, in the flesh as opposed to on television, it's just, it's next level, isn't it? So to to share that, with people over the world makes it so cool. But I wanted to ask you about the Feld and MX Sports, their view of WSX. It's probably fair to say they're not the biggest fan, but I suppose that little bit of blowback, which is sort of kind of eventuated in, you know, bigger purses for those guys over there. And it's a sort of testament to what you're doing, uh, that that's happening and there's been shifts and, you know, it's just elevating the sport as a whole. And it can only be seen as a good thing. I, I don't think, like you've said it before, it's not really us versus them thing. It's a, you want the whole sport to grow and coexist, isn't it, mate? That's sort of what your aim is in the long yeah. run. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, competition is positive, you know, and and we never set out to compete with Feld, actually, because we, we, all, we were very open with them at the start that we're not going to run it at the same time of the year and all that stuff. But it was hard to try and squeeze what we wanted to into to not have some conflict with motocross. That was always challenging. It's not what we wanted to, to do and we'll avoid it where possible and we'll try and avoid it even further next year. Um, but but ultimately, uh, competition has – it leads to a better a better situation for, for everyone and including those athletes. And I'm real, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of – if we achieve nothing other than the fact that those riders get that purse that they do – they have now, um, you know, that's – I think that's positive. I think if people now see that they're they're deserved of more than and um and we push those guys to to um open their pockets a little bit more to to put a bit more back in, then I don't I think we've done something positive. <clears throat> At the end of the day, I mean that this is doing this is about having a positive impact. Like that's at the at the core of it. That's why what I get up in the morning for and and um put myself through this is because i just want to have a positive impact and i'm you know i'm determined to do that 
And um, it's not just a job, you know, I live and breathe having this kind of positive impact and making positive change. And that will come in many different forms, you know, not just our own events, but at the flow on in all other areas, you know, um, like I see domestic series improve. I know that's the Australian series has seen uplift in ticket sales and things. I'd like to hope that that'll happen in other regions. The UK guys have said that being positive for them in the arena cross series there. And there's, there's flow on that should happen else everywhere it doesn't mean that money flows into us, but it means the whole thing lifts and and that is the real reason for it. So I, I think, um, you know, nothing but positivity can come out of it. And, um, you know, I mean, I think we could have done things better to to, to um, make the relationships better from the, from the get-go. There's definitely some learnings there and some things that weren't done, you know, the best, I think, with our communication strategy and things that went on, which we're which we're improving. Um, like I said, I, I don't, I think we'll continue to improve. And, and um, you know, I, I come from a place of like liking to be friends with everyone, which isn't, isn't necessarily the reality, but I think you can kill it with kindness and we can, you can, um, you know, if you're doing coming from it for the right reasons, which isn't to make a quick, a quick buck, then eventually people will see that and be on board with it. You know? Cool. Amen. Well, we're all on the same page. I think the thing is, is like this, sport like again we love it they're like you know you guys we love it so passionately and we believe so much that these guys are underrated and when you see them in person you just think these guys are insane i've never ever ever including our own staff take had people not be blown away when they see it for the first time never like if you're if you're not blown away by what they're able to do then you're dead at the core in my opinion <laughs> you know what i mean like if you just the, 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 like i've never experienced it we've had 50 year old 55 year old women say they had a great night you know what i mean like and so who would have thought that you know like people people have always said to to me and you guys i'm sure too it's such a niche sport like who really you know it's like come and have a look like if you have you don't need to ride motocross or actually throw a leg over and run a race supercross to watch it and think these guys are incredible like and girls that can do it incredible like yeah there's nothing there's there's nothing that compares in terms of the level of fitness and bravery and danger and you know determination to be able to get to do what they do like other people that have been brought in like just think it's nuts like the 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 intensity is nuts the risk is nuts the amount of injuries that they have if you have a if a if a football player you know you know in any kind of football break to limb it's all over the front page it happens in supercross or, or motocross for that matter if they get scooped off the track and it's talked about how how quickly can they be back you know what i mean yeah. like it's like that's just to normal people that's just insanity they're just like what like and so we got to just like show that to people and they'll and and they 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 have all the qualities to make the megastars they're great looking they're incredibly brave and aspirational they're fit as all hell you know, they're, they're, they're charismatic generally. There's all ranges of personalities, more ranges of backgrounds, you know. You know what I mean? It has this incredibly broad range that speaks to everyone. If you can just see it and appreciate it, you know, it may not be your thing to want to race motocross, but you can't tell me that it's not interesting and exciting to look at, you know. And so um, obviously that's what we, we feel so passionate about and that's that's what the mission is, right? Yeah, just to jump in ahead of you, Ben, quickly, and obviously just what you said, like MotoGP athletes, F1 guys, they all idolise Supercross athletes too, and even the MXGP guys. Like we have guys texting us saying, "Yo, when's the when, what time's the Supercross on? I want to watch it now." Or you know, they're they're supposed to be asleep, getting ready for a race, and they were trying to tune in and catch the Supercross. Like they're willing to do that because they just love it. And obviously, the career extension aspect. Obviously, you got older guys being able to 
have some more longevity like Brayton, Wilson, Anstey, Freeze, Oldenburg, these kind of guys. And for what for for that, that's really exciting. And also what sort of should be even more exciting is the fact that you now have access to older guys when they finish their career, like Tomac, Webb, Barsha, Marvin, Anderson, Christian Craig, Mookie. Like that's pretty cool, mate, isn't it? It totally is. And I think like that's something to celebrate. Like I think like you know, yeah. Obviously, there's stages where, where some people um, obviously want to criticise and say about the age of the athletes in in, in um, our series or what have you. But I mean, I think it's an amazing thing because you you talking about giving these guys longevity, and and there's nothing to celebrate about losing a guy like Ricky Carmichael at 27 or whatever it was. There's nothing to be. Yeah. That's not good. Like you've got the greatest of all time, and at 27 he's he's cooked and he's over it. Like that's not good. Like we you, these guys, um, you know, and luckily for him he was so good that he made enough money and he's fine. I mean, he still works today though, right? It's not like he's kicks back on his yacht full time. He still works and does things. So it's like these guys need longer careers as well. And um, so not only is it good in that sense, but it also gives us as fans more opportunity to be exposed to them. You know, it would be just such a bummer to lose a Jet Lawrence at 26. And then if you're in the UK, you never got to see him ride. Do you know what I mean? Like that would just be a bummer. Like that would, that would suck. Like, and that's, we, we got to make sure that doesn't happen. And I think what Supercross does is it, it does take a, a little bit less toll. But also it still has a high level of risk. It takes a little bit less toll. The, the events and the races themselves are less grueling on the body. Um, they're obviously fantastic commercially in terms of sponsorships and all the things that, that, that riders get paid for, you know, because I think in a motocross event, as, as we all know, that, you know, after the first turn, you can be covered in mud and not be seen anyway. And then they got to thrash around for another 30 minutes, you know, and not maybe not make the television and not get any exposure. Whereas in Supercross, you clean it's just it seems yeah. silly but you clean the whole time you sponsor logos are visible the whole time except if it's an outdoor muddy race and um and so in general you can add more value to sponsors and etc you know through, for a longer period in your career so you know I, I, all those things i just think that, that all the ingredients are there just uh, it's just a matter of actually you know pulling it together yeah, I mean, there, there's something to be said for seeing it live, as you say. I mean, in action, it, it's completely different. I mean, I went to an agricultural show when I was in, like, van sales, and um, they had a, a freestyle show there. And just the first warm-up, like, you know, the guy going whop over the jump, and, like, around me, people obviously never seen these things before. I'm there, I'm, oh, I know this, I know this, I've done that, you know. Uh, and then uh, and then these guys come around, and they're all shocked. Look how high they go. And I'm like, man, they do that 20 times a lap, you know, at the races, and yet there's, like... Mm. 500 of you at a British championship, like, you know, what's, what's going on? So yeah, like you say, to get it out there and seeing it live, I mean, and also to be trackside last year at Cardiff, seeing how smooth Roxon makes it. And then you've got the likes of Freezy who makes it look like it's like, Max look like the whoops are afraid to get out of the way. I mean, yeah, it was uh, <laughs> something quite astonishing. So I think it was something there for you, like I say, for the newbies uh, and for the seasoned fans. Um, although I, I would be intrigued to know um, uh, how, how everybody in your organization reacted when um Roxham was signed up to ride uh, to ride high point I, I bet there was massive fingers crossed was there was, was, was that how it was over there uh well i was pretty excited actually i was kind of like you know i wanted to see how he was going to go i mean i mean i was obviously yelling at the tv screen i'm a bit conflicted because i'm obviously a big jet fan and um and you know love watching him ride and um and uh, my my wife actually does a clothing brand for jet so um you know 
we're big fans. We're involved with that family a lot. <laughs> but then I was like, you know, deep down, really wanting Kenny to win for sure. I was <laughs> yelling at the TV screen. So, um, no, nah, we were stoked. I mean, clearly, obviously, you don't want him to get hurt. But I think what it proved is like this guy is one of the best in the world. Like there's no question. I mean, and Kenny is one of those athletes and Jet is actually the same. But there's kind of few athletes that come in any sport that are just like, they ooze charisma and there's more to them than just what their athletic ability is, you know, like they have, there's a, there's a, a special X factor that some athletes have, you know, Jet yeah. has that. And, and Kenny just has, just oozes that he's something about him and, and our fans just love him. And and we've done research and he was the most popular guy, you know, he was the one that they wanted to see the most 22% of all people said that Kenny's the guy in front of Tomac Jet and then, you know, some of the others. So you know, just know that there's something about him that's special. And and when you see him ride, you just, it, it clicks. And when you're around him as well, it clicks, you know, there's just something about him. That you just go, what is it with this guy? He just has that something, you know? So it's, it was awesome to see him race and awesome to see him do well. Like just show just his immense, immense, incredible talent, you know? I mean, yeah. I think I was probably yelling at, I think we probably all were yelling at Suzuki for not having an electric start in, in that that first motor. And that was probably the only negative about the whole thing. You're like, man, after all that work and to do so well, he's got to kick that thing to try and get it going again. That's, that's got to yeah, be so he, frustrating. He wasn't bringing it onto the podium after that one. I know that, I know that much for <laughs> sure. But uh, I mean, I'll never forget the noise when he did the quad at, at Cardiff and the whole place just went bananas. I mean, the, the noise is will stay with me for a long time. And I've watched a lot of live events and that was one where like, wow, that was special, you know? So yeah. yeah. And then Brits, the, Brits, you guys get into things like that chanting. It was like football chants. And I was just like, this is, I mean, that is to me is just so special because like different different countries have different ways. And I think that's what's super exciting. Like to see that kind of European and and that British kind of, you know, song stuff break out in the crowd to me was just like, yes, this is, it shows like this can, you know, it can be different around the world. We're not just going to the, to Cardiff hoping that there's Americans there that will come and watch. Do you know what I mean? It's just like taking it into your guys's culture and seeing it, you know, seeing it brought to life there and like, who knows what will happen when we get to go to to Spain or when we go to J- Japan and return back there or when we go to, you know, the Middle East or we go to Singapore. Like, I, you know, I, I don't know. Like, and that's what's exciting for me. I don't know what the reaction is going to be, but that that just was so energising and just, man, I just, it was the, the, the most rewarding part of what we've done today was just seeing that reaction. It was just epic. I just got one question there before you cut in again, Ed. Um, I have seen rumours today online about the French round being changed. Are they unfounded? Is that complete rubbish or or is there something in that? Is is France going to go ahead as planned at the moment, 22nd of July? Uh, There's there's going to be some announcements about that this week. We've got um, got quite a bit happening, Um, but uh, but it's exciting. The news we've got is really exciting. So um, we're excited to share about that in 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 the next couple of days. All right. Stay tuned for that one. Yeah. Thanks, mate. And I'm just talking about expanding and obviously markets like Brazil, Japan, and other areas, you know, like in Asia, like Indonesia, for example, MXGP doing the double header there this weekend, which Ben will be commentating on, which is pretty cool. But I, I recently nice. um spoke to Taka, obviously a man you know well, and he and he's he's in Japan doing a lot of that Kawasaki production testing and working with the MXGP guys and and doing a bit of stuff with Brock Tickle as well in America with with Jason and Adam. So he was super excited, mate. Like he really wanted to get involved. Like he flew to 
for Melbourne for the last one. And he was like, the, the Kawasaki wasn't happy about him doing it, but he's like, I'm not missing out, you know, and just, he's got so much passion and knowledge and um, to share. I'm sure you'll probably lean on him when the time comes to venture into Japan and he'd be an asset to have over there, wouldn't he? Mate, I already have lent on him. I mean, I went to Japan earlier this year and, and um, you know, he it came come to meetings with us. He's helped with introductions. Uh, I mean, he's in, he's just so, so helpful um, and just amazing, um, you know, because and, and Japan is obviously hugely important for us, you know, because of obviously manufacturers being based there and, and what have you. Um, but the Japanese culture is something that you really need to take time to understand and the way they do things you need to take time to understand. It's not like, you know, UK, Canada, Australia, America, like, you know, we kind of do things the same way. Sure, there's kind of like some subtle differences, but, you know, we we talk the same way. We we kind of express ourselves the same way. We have a very similar way of working. But Japan's very, very different, like very different. And so it's one of the, it's, you know, the most different that I've come across, I would say, um, today. So you've got to take the time to understand that, appreciate it, learn to love it and respect it, which is they're very cautious. They're very um you know they take time you've got to build a relationship like and i've been to japan uh, on i think four times you know we've never had an event there i've been there four times you know like about events there that to go meet with people learn what are the challenges that they think they are how are we going to overcome them you know uh, meet with our sponsorship agency densu that's based there they're hugely they're, they're massive in that region meet with promoters there check out venues there you know, I mean, we went to Japan, I think 2018 was a year and um, went and looked at his, his stadium and that, I mean, they couldn't at that time understand how you could have enough, like they had a limitation of 1.5 litres of petrol inside of the stadium at any one time. It's all it can be. And you're kind of going, well, that's not going to work, you know, <laughs> across 20 bikes, you know. <laughs> But they just say, no, 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 fuel is dangerous, it's flammable. And we're like, we know, but, you know, we've never seen a motorbike catch fire before ever. Like, I don't know if you guys have, but I've never seen a motocross bike catch fire ever. And, and so, and even if you had, like, you know, the fuel is only this much, it's not going to be catastrophic, do you know what I mean? And, and even pyrotechnics and flames inside, oh, no, 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 we don't do that, we don't do that. So, but you've got to love it because they're so polite they're so genuine you know that when we do go there they will do everything to build that relationship and do it right and they'll be very trustworthy you know that's the thing and and that's why like change in japan doesn't happen quick you know with everything that they do it doesn't happen quick they don't make knee-jerk reactions and emotional reactions to things they don't jump on this or jump on that or get aggressive and ditch that person if they've got a commitment to someone contractually or otherwise they just stay with it you know um and which is amazing it's a it's a fantastic quality so for us it's something where it's, you know i've gone off tangent but needing someone like taka and i've got another close friend named maduri marawaki who's huge in the road racing space she has a world superbike team her father's um yoshimura started yoshimura grandfather sorry started yoshimura so she's incredible but so connected knows everyone and thankfully with like friends like Tucker and maduri who's whose english is incredible too and they they worldly so they've traveled so they know western culture as well you can get an insight into how to navigate that and if you don't have those friends in those areas it's really hard so you know there's a long way of saying that tucker is incredibly helpful because he's in he's a japanese aussie he yeah. has aussie slang down pat <laughs> he knows our culture you know what i mean he's a great fun funny guy can can take a joke and all that but at the same time he you know he's japanese so he knows how to 
talk to them about things. He knows what are the things that the barriers for them, what are they concerned about? And he'll come and tell me. And, you know, so he's just, I mean, he's a great friend and just super, super helpful. And we need people like that on our side, you know? Yeah, he definitely helps bridge the gap. Uh, he's a great bloke with a lot of knowledge. And he also knows that it, one of the things he was saying, you know, that the Japanese bikes, they're safety first. So much testing goes into making those things safe above anything else. And just uh, before Ben maybe has one more before we got to let you go, um, I just wanted to ask you, obviously, Supercross is, is the way to go. Motocross is so much more, you know, inaccessible to fans, to to wives, to children, obviously, with the portable toilets, the mud, uh, the parking you go to indoor stadiums, mate, or just stadiums in general, they're comfortable, they're indoors, usually got cover, great seats, all the toilets, facilities, food, it's all there, mate. And they're in cities to capture a wider audience. So that must be one thing that's massively going in your favour, mate. Huge population that can just come and enjoy it. Yeah, and that's, you know, there's a role that they both play. You know, motocross, like when I take my dirt bike out, I go ride motocross, you know, I don't go ride supercross. Like in super, the supercross's role isn't, participation supercross's role is to introduce dirt bikes to millions of people by being convenient being comfortable being in capital cities and populated areas and that's it's a commercial version of what motocross is you know no different than like a 2020 cricket versus test cricket like i will never ever ever watch a test cricket match (laughs) never because it goes on for days but i will watch a 2020 game that's you know what i mean like it goes for a few hours it's punchy check it out you know what i mean and and so Supercross is that for dirt bikes. It's it's the 2020 version. Anyone can enjoy it, watch it, go on in, you know, be comfortable. Like you said, you can take your your wife or partner or whatever. They don't have to, you don't have to worry about their shoes getting dirty. You can take your kids because they're comfortable, dry, all that stuff that makes that reduces the barriers. You know, if you think about taking your, you know, I've got a three-year-old daughter, thought about taking her to a dusty motocross track to stand out in, in the sun. On a Sunday, it's like, oh, maybe I probably won't do that. You know what I mean? But if it's like, I'll take her to Disney on ice and go sit inside the stadium and watch that for a couple of hours because, great, she's happy. If she if she wants to leave, we can leave. You know, get up and go. It's fine. You know what I mean? And um, that's the role that Supercross has to has to play. So we're, we're very sort of attuned to that. Nice one. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, just thinking about the actual schedule and everything, you've got that big gap going on between the French round and the uh, as it's scheduled at the moment and Singapore. So uh, was that to sort of open the gap up for this SMX thing as it, as it happened in the end? Yeah, it was. And um, and look, I, I think the reality is we've started too soon. You know, like I think next year you'll see that our schedule will shift further back um, and we'll be more around that September onwards period. Um, but the challenge with that is it's very hard in the UK to get venues because Premier League kicks back off again. Yeah. And one of the challenges in every region, obviously they have their own national sports. And if you want to be in a good venue, then the chances are it's being used for a sporting, you know, team of some sort. And um, we've, we've gone to Aston Villa's ground at Villa Park because it's a window before they replace their turf. It's a, it's before they start training again, but they replace the turf the next day and start training immediately. So, you know what I mean? There's yeah. a narrow it's a narrow window. And so to try and juggle that around the world, it's the same in Australia. We're going to Marvel Stadium, which is an AFL football ground, but it's also a cricket ground. We're going in a window in October, November is when they have concerts and then they replace the turf and all those things, you know? So we even if we even if AMA Supercross didn't exist, we couldn't go to Marvel Stadium in February because um, they'd be playing cricket, you know what I mean, or, or whatever. So yeah. you're trying to work around that around the world and that's why we've ended up with the schedule, you know, isn't ideal. And so, um, you know, and because we're kind of late to the game, post-COVID, a lot of venues pre-booked because concerts had backed up, you know, during COVID, all these concerts and promoters 
didn't run anything. And so they backed up. And so there's been this like kind of oversupply <clears throat> waiting to get into venues, which is all starting to sort of flush through now. And so I think, you know, next year um, and for whatever reason, concert touring always happens around that, or not always, but mostly happens around the world around that October kind of period in October to, to December. So I think next year we'll see our series, you know, we're working on getting it back into the September onwards kind of period. We'll try and work around SMX if we can, and hopefully they'll be willing to kind of be open with us and, and we can work together. But, um, you know, I think what we found this year is it's just just been too early. Like it's created a lot of logistical issues to be so early in the piece for not just us, for teams, et cetera, too. So I think um, that's that's just a, a learning that we've that we've got. Well, it's nice to have grown it threefold from two rounds to six rounds. It's nice to see the expansion and especially to where you're going. I mean, yes, it's a, it's a nice uh, nice spread of the championship, which is great to see. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, and then, like I said, there'll be there'll be challenges along the way. There's going to be hiccups. It's just the way it is. You know, I think we've got to be honest with that because there is. I mean, and there's a you know, I just keep telling people because it's 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 a stressful and dynamic environment that's not for everyone you know what i mean like you've got to make rapid change and make rapid adjustments when things aren't right you know and like we we're saying we're talking about going from starting in july this year to next year we might push back and start two months later like it's a pretty big change but you've just got to do it and do it quickly like we because if something's not right you've got to make the adjustment and um and so you know that's part of this learning and part of this whole process is just making making adjustments quickly so there'll be things there'll be hiccups we'll launch events that won't work and we'll have to change and we'll you know we'll learn that certain regions it doesn't work or we made mistakes or the venue was wrong or you know what i mean like there just will be those things and you and and you can't you can't fast track necessarily we're trying our best but you know um failed and what have you had 20 plus years of doing this you know week in week out at the same venues every year that they also do monster jam and do other things like it's they've got a well-oiled yep. machine happening and we don't have that yet this is the reason why it hasn't been done before is what i just keep telling everyone there's a there's a number of reasons why it hasn't been done before and we're just bumping into them all like it's it's not none of it's a surprise you just got to be got to you know be be ready, ready to and able to stay the course really yeah, mate. yeah that's, that's nation one culture as well no no language differences like i say you've got so much to do oh, with completely. To that, yeah. completely yeah completely oh, oh, it's yeah. a massive undertaking that's for sure you deserve respect for sort of blazing the trail mate to make it happen and, and to bring it to the people and just one last one just the tv broadcast package um obviously hundreds of millions of people have access to watch this so it's so awesome must have been monumental organizing you know on top of everything else what you've had to do with stadiums to organize this package so it can be accessed so people can just stay interested and follow it whenever possible, mate. So just some thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I think we were really clear about our about our um, strategy, which was we just need to get eyeballs. Um, you know, broadcast is a big revenue stream for international sports, but we're not there yet. So and and um, and Supercross isn't there yet in general. There's not big broadcast revenue yet. So the only way to get there though is by eyeballs. And what we've just really gone out to do is talk to these broadcasters around the world and say, how do we get this? a good time slot, you know, how do we get it so that it's seen or on your better channel, you know? And so with um, Fox Sports 1, for example, um, or Fox Sports have been great so that when we have replays, they'll be in the lead into college football or, or something or NASCAR or something along those lines to try and help us grab onto some of those audiences, um, which is really exciting. They're really on, on board with that. We've sort of had similar conversations around the world with each of them. 
But then um, the also what we've just been able to finalise, which is really exciting, is that in the in the US um, we've we're able to stream on or wherever that it's not live, like on a on a on a television network, that we'll want to put it live on WSX.tv, you know, our own platform, so that no matter where you are in the world, you should be able to watch it live. And that's a it's that's a difficult challenge because um, mostly broadcasters, you know, want something exclusively. They don't want to steer anyone towards our platform, even if it's only replay. But we've sort of been out by sacrificing the opportunity for revenue, I guess, you're able to have some more say, which is if you're not going to put it on live, then we need it to be, you know, in a time slot that's going to give us eyeballs and we want to be able to give our hardcore fans the opportunity to watch it live on WSX.tv, which that platform is going to um, improve a lot this year. You know, it was, it was successful last year, but there'll be huge improvements on that, you know, this year as well. So, um that's a big part of it is just making sure that people can watch it wherever, wherever they are. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Now, any final thoughts from uh, you, Ben, if you want to ask Adam anything before he heads off? Uh, no, I'm good. No, just, um, yeah, really can't wait to um, uh, to get to get back and watching it again. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be superb. And uh, I resist the urge to push myself forward as a commentator. I'll just... Uh, I'm still <laughs> never, never say never. Yeah. <laughs> I right, appreciate mate. it. Well, thanks, fellas. Great to chat. Yeah, thanks, Adam. Thanks for joining us and all the best with everything, mate. I'm sure you'll be there in UK catching up with Ben. Sure will be. Looking forward to it. Brilliant. All right. No yeah, worries, mate. Good. See you later. Thanks, lads. See you guys. That was a brilliant chat, wasn't it, mate? And uh, that's before we sort of wrap up part one there and we'll move into part two to have a chat to you. Just a bit of a rundown on that. Um, brought to you by A3 Performance Parts, the home of aftermarket motocross and enduro parts. From hardwearing protection parts, including skid plates and radiator braces, to performing cooling parts, including silicon radiator hoses and oversized pellet kits. AS3 also have a huge range of brake, clutch, and gear levers with all different features and adjustability. Check them out online at as3performance.co.uk. So, Ben, how was that, mate? That was a that was an absolutely brilliant chat, wasn't it? Um, so much insight and just the sheer volume of work that must have gone into it. It uh, boggles the mind, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, fantastic. I mean, uh, like I said, I could see Adam at work uh, at Cardiff last year, and yeah, you could tell very driven people and you know, really dead set on making this work i mean i won't um say the numbers i heard but the numbers i heard were pretty astronomical in terms of what they were doing uh to promote it, it you know in terms of like they wanted chad reed to help promote it and they flew him out from wherever he was in the usa to melbourne to do the press conference and then back out and i i mean the the, the number i heard as to how much that cost was uh was impressive to start with and then transporting that big sort of freestyle um ramp kind of thing they're using for the finish line jump as well they're transporting that around the world as well and that again is no small cost uh to bring that around to everywhere and uh you know and it's you just think it's a finish line jump but it, obviously it's their signature finish line jump and you know fair play to them for, for getting this the, the i think the branding's spot on you know the wsx branding is sharp it looks good um they've obviously got Raj shaheen and jeff mig so that pretty much scuppered any chance I had of getting the uh, the broadcast job. I thought, well, you know, I can't, that's like me trying to line up next to Carmichael, you know, no chance. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they're, um, they're, they're on it. And uh, yeah, you can really see the intent behind it. So uh, it's interesting that the AMA, AMA reacted straight away. And, and the next year now they've got this SMX, you know, World Championship in inverted commas. Yep. Um, and that the manufacturers seem to have all been sort of corralled into getting stuck into that. So um, how that progresses in the future, how that relationship uh, folds in is going to be fascinating to watch. Uh, and then where does outdoor motocross sit in all this? You know, we've seen quite a few riders already go across to do World Supercross, the likes of Nichols, McElrath. They would have been plugging outdoors. 
So, you know, maybe Kevin Morans would have been as well. Maybe Freezy, you know, there's this, okay, it's only a small number, um, but, you know, already there's half a dozen people there that are going across to World Supercross instead of racing AMA outdoors. How's that going to carry on? How's motocross going to survive in the meantime? So it's going to be fascinating. It really is. I mean, I can almost see two separate world championships in the two disciplines and what I've been praying for for years that the mixture, the Atlantic dividers gets broken down and we actually see the best in the world on all dirt bikes take each other on full time. But that's just maybe a pipe dream that's another 10 years away, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. It's, um, it seems to have started things off and it's it's exciting for sure. They definitely mean it. They definitely uh, are getting yeah. stuck into this, which is great to see. Yeah, they've got all the ducks in a row and the research and, and everything that's gone into it is really, you know, giving them the best chance of success, I reckon. And, you know, they went from strength to strength last year, I guess, even in the in the first two, they, they made changes, they developed things, made processes better. And yeah, about that outdoor motocrossing, we, I've spoken and, and you joined me, one of them with, with A-Rod and he was like, he could have probably ridden outdoors and worked something out, but he got that World Supercross deal and, you know, that's where he's at. And that's that's probably, yeah, in some ways, the future of the sport like we're old school, mate. We love the love the outdoors, mate. You can't you can't really beat it in a lot of ways. But having something like that, just for the industry and and everyone involved in it, is definitely good, a good thing. Whether people feel threatened by it, excited by it, and people are talking about the sport, and it's more racing for for us to cover and more racing for the fans out there, mate. And obviously, you'll be there in person. What are the key things you're looking forward to, mate? Um, you're expecting a big turnout, no doubt. Yeah, I, I, I'm just, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. You know, any chance to see Ken Roxon ride a bike is, is stunning. And it, he is, I mean, uh, you know, I'm always a fan of those those riders who make what is a very brutal and difficult sport and they make it look easy. And, and Roxon is like that. There is a level of riders, and I think there will be those riders there that, that make you stand back and go, whoa. Um, you know, we had that with Tomac last year. He, he went past me in the rhythm section, and I don't know how the bike didn't just collapse on impact. I mean, talk about the jump trying to get out of the way. I mean, he just absolutely flattened the thing. Uh, and that, that sort of brutality was, was great to see as well. So there will be contrasts between the brutal riders and the likes of Kenny and, and Max as well. Max is in that uh, category where he actually does make it look um, look quite quite easy and, and, and make an art out of it. And um, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see how they, how they change the format, how... The general presentation of it changes between Cardiff last year and Birmingham this year. Um, I was lucky; I was down close, and I was able to see the screens and hear the commentary. Um, that was an issue in Cardiff apparently last year. Nobody knew who won MX2, uh, sorry SX2, uh, until the um, <laughs> uh, until the actual screens came up on the panel. Nobody really knew. So if they if they can Im- improve that, and maybe that extension between the races is what's going to help them do that uh, then they can communicate it better to the audience as to okay because ultimately last year you had a british rider very very close to winning the first supercross grand prix in the uk and nobody knew it i knew the points and i was like screaming to get it out there like come on you know but the short, the short time, like Adam said, the short distance between races doesn't give the organisers or the announcers or the graphics crew to really get out there the message that, okay, this is a really close situation. This is how it could come down. So I'll be intrigued to see how they improve that. 
Yeah, and it's just like it's good to see that open-minded approach to improvement and to enhance the product because they know there's problems and you know they admit it and it's so cool to see you know them attack the solutions and and look for better ways to do things. Obviously, you know things like they tried with those funky cameras on the bikes and that you know they didn't work out and you know fair enough, but they had a go. You know you can't knock it for having a crack and you know they they had some nails in the in the floor in the dirt and you know that created a few flats but you know i don't know how you can avoid that it's that's sort of these things there's so much to consider that are out of their control mate and if we're being honest that uh, yeah the undertaking getting it off the ground must be just immense so and just from a british perspective how cool is it going to be for the fans to have two legitimately awesome british riders and probably a few extras too yeah, absolutely. Dino's a great talent, and um, yeah, it'd be good to see um, see, uh, see how, him in action again last year. You know, you see him on TV, and you're thinking, okay, top ten in AMA. What is all that? Uh, and then, like, you know, then in like he's the first in practice to pop a big quad, and like, oh, okay, you know, like all of a sudden, like, blop, and and whoosh, he's over. It. And those VIP guys who were lucky enough to see that practice. I could hear all of them in the stand above me. You know, I was in the media bit, but all of them were like, <gasps> you know, like this big sort of like uh, exclamation where he just suddenly went, and it is, it is, you hear a 450 suddenly get ripped into doing a big jump like that. And you, then you really start to understand what this is all about. And um, yeah, Dean, Dino's great like that and, and a studying practitioner. Hopefully the whoops are a bit more tricky because I think that would help Dean out and show, showcase his skills yeah. there because, um, that was maybe the the one weakness of Cardiff that the whoops weren't all that challenging. Um, so hopefully they will make that a bit sharper. And uh, um, not the riders, will, not that the riders will thank me for saying that. But yeah, but Max, it's exciting to see how driven he is. And when Max is driven on home territory, anyone who was at Matterley Base in 2017 or saw the results and any of the footage knows how fired up, how good a fired up Max Anstey is. So yeah, fingers crossed that uh, he carries that through the six rounds. And uh, yeah. Um, I'm really rooting for him. Yeah, absolutely. And just sort of your early title picks, mate, obviously it's a bit hard to go past Roxon and, and Nichols and these kind of guys. Um, But, you know, in the SX2, mate, you, you McElrath, Anstey, who, who have you got? Um, I, 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 my heart has got to overrule my head here and, and say Max, really. I mean, um, we spoke to Shane on the um, SMX Review Show. Uh, really nice interview. Yeah, Wonderful yeah. guy. Really sweet dude like really nice and he's genuinely excited to run number one which i like as well you know a bit of a traditionalist i'd like to see see them run i mean i, I got briefly excited i thought i saw vince freezy's bike with a number three plate on it so if they're yeah. making the championship numbers I, I can't see them making ken rocks and wear anything but 94 but if he turns up with a number one that will be uh that will be a little bit exciting should we say that but so yeah that, that'd be quite nice uh all we need now is black numbers and yellow plates and i'll be a perfectly happy old boy but um yeah so uh yeah, I'm, I, I think, yeah, i got to go for Max in, in SX2. Yeah, and obviously um, Enzo Lopes, how good's he going to be too, mate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. watch for those Brazilian flags to come up on our phones. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and the flames. <laughs> and the flames. Brazilian flags and flames, I don't know what it is, but yeah, it's uh, it's great. Yeah, exactly what Adam was talking about, that difference in passion and reaction, you know, when um, uh, when a British football um person scores a goal uh they, they go really well done or and it's and he scores uh and then in latin america they go go <laughs> at a time so there's just difference you know we, we could do we could do mindless tribalism and uh you know that that will come out if max wins so yeah we'll see how it goes but uh yeah lopes in the mix is exciting um i great to see kevin Moran's in there because you know he's going to bring his own twist to it with his logs and things like that as well 
Um, he was he was great on our SMX review show, so it would be really nice to see all those guys. And yeah, A Rod again, another stunning shot, and that's another you know culture mix into it with the Venezuelan twist on it as yeah. well. And a couple of the Aussie boys that's like Tansy, Clout, and Moss as well, mate. How, how good do they be to see in action? Because they're fast dudes. Yeah, Tanti was particularly impressive. I remember, I remember he stood out in the in the practice sessions. I was like, oh, that guy's got some real style. Um, so yeah, he's got that sort of sharp elbow job going on. You know, this sort of like uh, sticky outy, uh, sort of praying mantis on a bike, to, which is always always cheer for lanky man. You know, so yeah, he was uh, he was definitely good, and Clout was was fun as well. Um, yeah, there's a there's a real good mix of the nationalities um, as well as uh, experiences. Yeah, and that's what's good about the opening up of AMA in recent years is that you know more. Um, overseas riders are going to American racing and now they've got this as well. So, uh, you know, and then you've got the, the French traditionalists, the likes of Subaru and co, you yeah. know, the guys who sharpened in French stadiums who were not afraid to get the elbows out. So yeah, that's a, a whole nother culture right there. So that'd be very entertaining, especially if they, they do get to race in France and, uh, and Germany as well. So I'm, I'm a bit worried by that, but, uh, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll go with Adam's policy of being excited about whatever's going to come. Yeah. So we know he's going to do it with it. So yeah. Yeah, obviously, yeah, it's going to be awesome. We'll probably do some sort of a preview podcast next week to sort of go in a little bit more depth about that. And um, before we wrap it up, because it's uh, extremely late over there for you, mate, just talk us about the MXGP this weekend. Obviously, Prado's the man. He's 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 looking like he's got one hand on it. Tragedy what happened to Jeffrey Hurlings, obviously, but it should, it should be a, still a good race and you'll be commentating it, mate, on uh, Discovery Plus, won't you? So congratulations on that. No, thanks, man. Yeah, anybody who can access Discovery Plus, then, uh, yeah, I'm going to plug it. Sorry, Ed. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's like, yeah, um, first time for me, the big big box ticks, just a week after the tick in the box of commentating at Hawkston Park um, to, do, um, to do an MXGP for Eurosport is great. And, um, yeah, I've got my big stack of notes. I think the notes are, are going well. You know, so we've got a nice thick um, setup ready to go. Highlighted pens yeah. are plenty. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it's good. As long as I can cut out any ums during the commentary, that's the main thing for me. So uh, I will be tapping you up about some Australian knowledge because there's some Aussie riders in there that I need to uh, need to spot up on. So I'm going to be getting your knowledge out, uh, outside of this podcast. But um, yeah, ultimately, it's a sh- massive shame that Jeffrey got hurt. Um, I do like the look of this Sumbawa round. I watched last year's race again and yeah, uh, really like the look of the circuit. People say we shouldn't be there. I think it's rubbish. You know, the, the crowd love it um it's it's great stuff yes i think there should be a bit more help for the teams to bring more than the the standard riders over there um but ultimately you know if they if the people don't want to go they don't want to go and that's um that's something that needs to be worked on in the future but it's a legitimate event it's got motocross grand prix points on it and ultimately for a tv you tend to only watch the top 10 anyway so i don't think really after the first corner where you go oh how few riders is that um after the first lap, you probably won't know as much difference. Um, so it is what it is. Um, I'm going to stay positive, obviously, because I'm going to be talking about it and I'm, I'm super excited for it. So, yeah, it's going to be great. And uh, I think um, it's now down to Prado to see if he can hold on. Um, I think Jeffrey's not going to be back at Lockett. Um, from what I can hear, that, that the, the injury is worse again. So I think that is sadly yeah. another title. Um so yeah, um, it's now down to who who can chase down that uh, that Spanish rider at the front. You know, Prado's had his setbacks. You can't say he doesn't deserve it. He is one of the very best in the world. Um, he was holding Jeffrey off, you know. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. MX two wide open. 
and I love it. This is how it should be, you know. This is, you know, you got two factory KTM's up there. One of which, one of whom's won a Grand Prix, but not a moto. One of whom's yeah. third generation legend, you know, legendary name surname that has just actually now won a won a Grand Prix as well. How is he going to react to that? Uh, it's going to be really fascinating. Um, you've got Hertz is still not out of this. I think mm. he'll dig in. I think you might see Hertz right up there. Um, Benistant would be good around there as well. And then you've got the Coonans. I mean, they're exciting boys, and we've got to enjoy them while they're still here because, sadly, they're going to be uh, heading out over there, which is a real shame. But, um, yeah, let's enjoy them while they're here. DeWolf is another one. Again, lanky man power. That boy can throw himself around a bike. I mean, wow. Um, yeah, MX2 is, is probably more exciting for me than MXGP, as, as I have to admit. But, I mean, yeah. I know which one I'd rather watch live, a big 450 getting thrown around for sure. But, yeah, the MX2, the sheer hecticness of that is like Moto3. You know. <laughs> yeah, especially you know, those races in, in France and Germany were just immense battles everywhere. Everywhere you look, there's something going on. And you're just a, just your thoughts on Indonesia, obviously. Um, it's cool to take the series around the world, legitimizes it as a world championship. But yeah, the, the the entries is obviously a thing, but you don't see it on TV so much. But I know in front have taken steps to re- reduce the costs, so I guess, or help the teams out, the smaller teams get over there. But one thing I, I thought was quite interesting was AJ talking to Jassikonis yesterday. He was saying, the only thing I worry about like he loves the fans loves it you know going there no problem with that just getting injured in places like that is is a sketchy thing to have to worry about you know you think about in places like say brazil or mexico in the past if there's been stories that happen there and that's always a worry for riders which is you know that's something that probably plays on your mind and obviously the food poisoning is a is a major issue with you know just if you're a local it's fine if you're not it it throws up a few issues doesn't it mate but um yeah the racing should be immense, mate. Prado, the only man that's held the red plate all year. Uh, he'll be probably just limiting risk, riding with that measured approach. If he's not feeling it, uh, he, he won't He won't go all in for it because he doesn't need to, mate. He's got a very big lead. But talking to JT, he said he, his approach was more so keep focused, keep hungry, keep winning, keep getting the results, keep the foot on the throat. You know, I, I like that insight from obviously someone that's done it at the highest level. And it's pretty cool because a lot of you know, people probably say there's no need to do anything out of the ordinary, but I suppose you want to keep that keep that feistiness, mate, and just keep battering the the rest of the competi- competition because you know someone like Fevera might get a sniff or or whatever Fernandez, you know, but they they should be really up there. They'll probably have a little bit of boost. They can start getting some wins, and you never know if they can close the gap to a, yep, well, a meaningful for level. So yeah, with Prado, you can't hard to knock him. Won six of the nine quality races, six box hole shots, and. Um, yeah, five of the nine races he's led the first lap in the qualifying. Um, lowest moto finish of six, lowest or overall of fourth. Only missed the podium once in Spain. Not much more to say about how good he's been, is there? Oh, can you forward me those notes, mate? I like those, they were good. <laughs> yeah, oh, the, the article I wrote uh, earlier in the week, mate. So just check that out. <laughs> yeah, for certain. Um, yeah, I mean, like you say, I mean, I've only been uh, a few times in the position where actually I'm fastest on the grid. You know, it's uh, it's quite a rare thing for for, for anyone. But um, yeah, once you are, and obviously Prado is now chasing that championship. It's what he's worked, you know, his whole life for. Okay, he's got a couple of MS2 titles, but yeah, to be MSGP world champion gives you legitimate claims being best in the, in the world. And yeah, from that sense, he's going to want that. Um, and the thing is, he gets out in front and pulls away. He's in the safest possible place. If he starts to relax, especially off the start line, he is going to put himself in some jeopardy uh, in amongst charges like Fevre and Fernandez, who will not hesitate to wipe his front wheel out. Um, and yeah, he's going to be in a sticky spot. So yeah, I'm pretty certain he's going to be as sharp as as attack from the from the um, 
uh, from the get go, from the from the gate drop. You know, and, that, and that's really his ultimate weapon. So yeah, it, the major thing is if anybody can out jump him and then rough him up, that's the that, that's the only chance that other people have got of getting that red plate back off that gas gas. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's hard to see him losing it from here. It's it's all everything's going in the right direction. The bike, the training program, the team. He's happy. Uh, yeah, it's going to be hard to beat him for sure. And just a, a couple more, like Glenn Coldenoff. We've seen some really nice form from him lately. Obviously, always solid at a place like Latvia and looked great in Germany, especially in the second moto, um, holding his own there. And you can never write him off. And, you know, a couple of these guys, uh, him and Fernandez, they'll be definitely keen to sort of propel themselves to a lot of podiums now without Jeffrey for the next little bit of a run. And you could even see someone like Ferrato, Valandrin, and even Evans. They, they'll be sort of surging for the podium in these in these rounds take the opportunities mate with a couple of guys obviously out like Renault and Hurlings for example and and just one quick word on Tim Geiser obviously will be back in Lockett so exciting great for the series really needs a little bit of injection of uh another Honda bike in there mate that's doing really well up there to to help Ruben Fernandez who's been doing a great job must be said the flashiness is gone it's consistent it's solid dependable just picking up the points and managing the pressure and expectations of that one-man HRC awning isn't he yeah, he's he's answered a lot of critics. Um, you know, that there was word at the start of the year when when Tim Geyser got um got, got injured that um Honda might regret not still having Mitch Evans in place. Um but yeah, Fernandez has really stepped up to the plate, uh proved himself to be a proper world class factory rider, and you can't argue with that. And guys are coming back. I mean, I'm sure the organizers at Lockett were rubbing their hands when they found that one out. They're like suddenly uh yeah, suddenly they like increase the marketing spend of Slovenian TV. Quick, quick, quick. Uh, so, yeah, but that would have been quite yeah. exciting. Oh, we go. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, guys are coming back. It's great. Um, but Fernandez will be looking to make a point and make sure that he is still the first Honda across the line. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be um, gonna be quite interesting to see the dynamic there when uh, when Geisa returns. Uh, yeah, it is Prados to lose, but anything can happen. Look at Supercross. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is what we've been talking about all year, injuries. You just don't know, and uh, yeah, who, who knows? No one wishes it, but yeah, you can't you can't take your eye off it because yeah, anything anything could happen. And like I say, MX two, you don't have, you don't need any injuries. You just need to just sort of pay attention because it's going to be crazy for sure. Yeah. And JT said on our on our earlier pod, he said it's like MX two is like no one wants to win this. Everyone's sort of like when something starts to be going in a good direction, something bad happens, or they have some bad performances, and it's just all over the shop. It's like who who can blink first, but. Uh, just, just finally, mate. Predictions. I'm, I'm going to go Fevra and and Yago to, to to assert the authority, mate. Uh, get back. He's had had those couple of weeks because, um, but being honest, he's probably the the best rider in this field, um, at the moment. You know, in terms of experience and being there before and all these intangibles that he has the edge over a lot of guys. You know, it's hard to see him if he can if he's at a level where he should be. Obviously, caveat if he can avoid the crashes, but it, like we saw in earlier this season, he was just that little bit cut above, wasn't he, mate? So, who have you got? Um, yeah, I, I don't know if here it's just going to be uh, fit enough yet. It depends if it's how hot it is as well. Uh, if yes. it's really hard, I think that's not going to help him uh, because, as well as the injuries, are the break in training. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't. I don't see Hertz as a as a winner at the moment. I wouldn't be. Well, I wouldn't be shocked, but I wouldn't yeah. be surprised uh, if Hertz won. Uh, not to you know. Uh, Ren, you're afraid there, man. But uh, yeah, I I think there's going to be one hungry on a husk final. That doesn't narrow it down. There's three of them. Um, but you know, the one wearing number ninety six um, that had the chain throw him, uh, throw him away from the victory at Toysental. He's not going to forget that. Kuhn, Lucas Kuhn is the Belgian on the husk final. It's going to be the hot one. 
he's going to be the one. I can see Kinnan disappearing. Yeah, mate. But maybe coming out on top of a nice tight battle so that I can get excited and and um, walk away from Eurosport with uh, with a, um, uh, a a hoarse voice. Yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that warm conditions. Obviously, if, if that's the case, maybe we are looking at someone like Adamo in MX2. He'd obviously be a bit more seasoned than a lot of these Belgian and Dutch guys that handling that. And maybe Beniston, obviously, we, we can't forget him too. And and maybe Fernandez in MXGP, probably a little bit more used to the to that kind of a climate. But you've seen Prado struggle in the heat in the past, and he's Spanish. So, um, yeah, it should throw up all sorts, mate. And we're, we're definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, all the best, mate, for the, for the weekend commentary. And before we let you go and wrap this up, we'll just give a shout out to Kawasaki Motors UK. We're obviously yeah, grateful for them being on board and the arrival of the KLX 140R range. Easy to ride. Lineup offers a 144cc engine plus suspension, push button electric start, and it just makes for great trailblazers. The KLX 140R machines come in three different sizes, ranging from junior's first tentative steps to pushing the door wide open. On adult riding, the range is ready and willing to add fun to enjoyment in 2023. Contact your local off-road dealership for more information and then check them out online as well. So... That's been the MX Vice Show, episode 131. Thanks for joining us again, Ben, and uh, all the best, mate. No problem, Matt. Thanks to everybody for listening.